Hello and welcome to the Leadership Collective podcast, a roundtable discussion with proven leaders designed to bring you access and insights into the nuts and bolts of church leadership. One of the things I look for is um, looking for guys that I can tell really have a heart for our body. And it's not just somebody who wants to talk. And, and even though they might be gifted at it, you know, um, they might really have something to say, but they're just looking for a platform. I'm looking for somebody who I see, yes, has something to say, but who really has a heart and a passion for our body. And it's seen in the way that they engage. Well, today on the Leadership Collective, Ted and I are flying solo again for a bonus episode on sharing the teaching ministry with our ministry teams. And Ted and I have both seen the value in sharing the teaching responsibilities with capable capable men on our ministry teams. But sharing the pulpit is not something that has been modeled that much in our Calvary Chapel movement. And so today, Ted and I are going to talk about how the hows and whys of team teaching and the benefits that we've seen in our church and, and in our staff in doing this. Ted, how excited are you about this uh, conversation today? <laughs> I'm actually excited about it, Rob. I, you know, it it has been, uh, it's been an interesting year for me. I mean, leading up to this, we've always valued having um, varied voices uh, in the pulpit, uh, and by varied voices, I, I'm talking specifically about um, the the elders of our church. That, you know, I'm, uh, you know. As most Calvary chapels, I think I do the majority of the teaching here, but um, but we've always valued that um, there's there's a wisdom in a multitude of counselors, yeah. and there's there's uh, and it's it's healthy to have different guys. Uh, you know, you, you, your congregation knowing, especially you have multiple pastors on staff, as both you and I do, and we recognize too. There's a lot of churches that that uh, you know don't have multiple multiple pastors on staff, but. I think it's important that the congregation gets us to know the guys, yeah. um, that they um, are fed um, by uh, the pastors, and, and that it informs so many other things. Right. You know, when when you're being fed by somebody, um, I know you deal with this. People call the church office; they're going through some crisis. They want counseling, and who who do they want to talk to? They want to talk to you. Right. You know, and and it it helps when they get to know the other pastors on staff that they realize. Oh, there's other people who actually know Jesus and have, <laughs> right, have some right. wisdom and discernment, and they they're open to to reason. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits, yeah, you know, from that. But yeah, this year especially, you know, I, I started off the year with an illness, and uh, you know, COVID got me. I was I was in the hospital for an extended period right. of time, and and so I, you know, I missed the first uh, seven weeks of the year. Um, longest consecutive time I've ever been out of the pulpit. And, and the church grew. And the church grew, right? <laughs> People are like, well, finally, we've got some good teaching we can... Uh, yeah, but yeah, the, the subject definitely excites me. You know, when we talk about this, and, and, and you know, for as long as, as uh, you know, I've been, you know, sharing the pulpit here in, in you know, this church, um, you've, you've actually been doing it longer, yeah. um, you know, so... Uh, yeah, what? Let's hear about that. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because I think I've been I've been the lead pastor at Calvary Vista now for twenty six years, and I'd say for probably the first ten years, I did what most Calvary Chapel pastors would do whenever I was going to be gone, whether it was on a missions trip or speaking somewhere else, 
or even you know taking a vac vacation, I would have somebody um, come in. You know, I'd get another pastor to come in from another you know church and somebody that I knew was you know really going to be a blessing to you know our body and um, and they would always do a, a really really great job. And, and that was, you know, kind of the norm. I think that's what a, a lot of guys, you know, tend to do. Um, but it was interesting because about 13 years ago, I had a guy on my staff that some of our listeners, I think, would recognize his name. His name is Charlie Campbell. And he was leading our young adults ministry and our school of ministry at that time. And Charlie just has an incredible heart for evangelism, or excuse me, for apologetics. And he is um, has an apologetics ministry now, but he did these incredible just apologetic talks. So anytime I was gone, I would have Charlie step in, and he would do one of his you know talks on something, and it was so different from what I was doing and teaching expositionally, and just even his style and approach, and it was so informative, you know, yeah. that our church loved it, and. Um, in fact, I started having guys that would ask me, hey, I'm going to be gone. I need somebody to fill the pulpit. Can you, rec can you recommend somebody? And I'd recommend Charlie. And it's turned into a full-time gig for right. him now. You know, <laughs> he, he's in about 45 pulpits uh, a year every single Sunday. Yeah, um, we had him out here not too yeah, long ago. Just does an, an incredible job. So it started with, with Charlie. But then about nine or 10 years ago, I made a shift when I saw on the calendar there were going to be some Sundays that I was going to miss. And so I decided, you know what? I, I've been listening to some of my youth guys in our staff meetings share, and they really just had great things to, to say. And, and I thought, you know, our body needs to hear these guys. And so I, I started um, putting, you know, giving those guys an opportunity to teach on a Sunday. And there were two things that happened. One, our, our body just really, really appreciated the fact that, um, you know, they were hearing from these guys. And I remember parents would come up to me and go, I can't believe that these are the guys that are teaching right. my kids, yeah. you know? And so it created this, you know, a, a sense of, man, I want my kids to be in youth group. I want my kids to be hearing and listening, you know, to that guy. And it also, I think, really bolstered our sense of team, you know, in, in the sense that it wasn't just me, you know, carrying the, the ball here. Um, it's funny, when, when my son taught for me, when he was on staff, I literally had people come up to me and go, um, you can retire now. Yeah. <laughs> they were just so impressed with him because he has a, a great, you know, teaching gift. But, um, you know, and, and I would just say this as well, you know, you mentioned the guys that might be listening to this that don't have a staff. Right. I would venture to say, though, you probably have some capable elders, yeah. um, you know, who could, who could step in and fill in. And I have just come to really see the value of and appreciate, and I, and I think our body has come to see the value and appreciate um, the idea that there can be multiple voices. Yeah. What's your experience been like? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I, as you had talked about the congregation's reaction, um, that's part of the experience is that, um, the it's healthy, it's beneficial for the congregation to see and to hear, uh, the, 
the pastors, the other pastors of the church teaching. Um, it's a good, it's good for us to develop our guys. Um, and, you know, for those that um, have uh, folks that maybe they're not ready for Sunday morning. Okay. Um, you can, you can begin developing guys in home Bible studies. You can mm -hmm. begin developing them uh, if you have a midweek study um, and, uh, you know, maybe some of these lower threshold issues. Um, my experience is that the, that, you know, we, part of the discipleship process is teaching, teaching guys um, how to teach, mm -hmm. to be able to, to take the time to be able to listen to their messages, maybe even be able to review with them. It's gotten harder for me now to review my guys' messages when they're preaching when I'm out. And so, um, you know, I've, I've, I reached out to, to Mike Naglia from the Expositors mm. Collective and, and, you know, he, he and I've been friends for a long time. So I, I said, Hey, look, you know, he knows the guys on staff here. And I said, would you, would you actually make a point of listening to their messages and mm. giving them feedback? Um, and, um, because I think that's important too, that these, these guys, because we're, um, not only are they gifted, but we want to help them grow in their gifting. Yeah. Um, so leaning into that. You know, I, I would say on that though, too, I, I would put this reservation because, you know, I, I was taught, um, you know, the pulpit is a sacred place. Right. And it needs to be guarded. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I'm not going to just throw anybody in there and I'm not going to experiment with um, somebody either, especially right. on a Sunday morning. I'm right. Not like, yeah, let's just let's see if this guy can teach. No, right. you know, I'm not. I think that is just uh, not not the right way to approach it on any level. Right. You know, I don't. I I encourage, you know, my youth guys when they want to give somebody opportunity to teach. I, I I tell them don't don't do that at one of your main, um, you know, gatherings that that you're going to have. But so for me, you know, I'll do that. I'll experiment at, at a staff meeting. Um, you know, our staff is usually working through something together. And so I'll, I'll chart out, you know, this guy's going to share on this particular day. Um, and, you know, maybe the next step, if I see like, oh, somebody, this guy has something to say, you know, I right. might have him do a Sunday night or, uh, excuse me, a Wednesday night with me. He used right. to do Sunday nights a lot um, with guys when we were doing Sunday night service and just giving them you know, the, the opportunity to grow, um, in that. And, uh, I, I also, I love giving them a time frame. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like I'll say, okay, I want you to teach on this day. You've got 30 minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes that's a struggle, right. You know, but it's learning, it's learning that discipline. Well, yeah. And that's, that is part of the process. And, you know, like for us, um, we have made the distinction uh, here at Reliance Church that, Sunday is reserved for the elders of the church. Yeah. Um, the teaching, uh, this is, this is primarily when the elders of the church, um, are, uh, teaching doctrine, um, and authoritatively leading and teaching the flock. So you're not going to, you know, see, you know, at least here in practice, you're not going to see, you know, somebody who's, you know, just beginning in ministry, you're not going to see anybody who's not an elder preaching right. from the pulpit on Sunday. And that, and so that's the distinction for us. But like you said, there's great opportunity, um, in, you know, a staff meeting 
uh, a, uh, a prayer meeting, mm-hmm. uh, a midweek, you know, prayer gathering or, or what have worship you, gathering. worship gathering. Um, you know, there's, there's multitude of events where we can go, Hey, this is, a, so we just recently done that with, uh, with a guy on staff who's not one of our pastors, not an elders, not, mm. um, not, you know, paid in a teaching role, but we recognize that the Lord's hand is on him. And so gave him the opportunity in one of those other events where it's not going to be, um, you know, the role of an elder. It's not going to be um, before all the congregation, what have you, you yeah. know, youth events, things like that. Ted, what do you think the reluctancy is in some guys to not want to do this? Oh, man, there's, there's a lot of things. One of the things people are worried about, I think, is that, um, you know, I... I have to do this. Sometimes guys are worried like, well, gosh, if, if I'm not the one who's there, if I'm not the one who's leading, um, the people aren't, aren't going to come. You know, we, we recently did, uh, an episode with a couple of church planters and, um, uh, and, um, you know, one of them was mentioning the, 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 the pressure, Mm -hmm. you know, of performance and success and, you know, what was going to define the, the you know, the, how quality played such a profound role in everything that he did. And, uh, and you'll recall his, his testimony was that through the, you know, the, the washing machine that is COVID, he, he kind of <laughs> came away from, it's not so much about the quality, it's about the faithfulness and it's about the yeah. fruit, you know, it's not about the numbers. And, uh, and so I think maybe that's sometimes people that can get to the place to where they think, no, it's gotta be me and it's gotta be good. And guys put a lot of pressure on themselves mm-hmm. and you know how that is. Yeah. Like you preach, you know, the, you want to, you want to preach a, a, a grand slam message and then you preach a, gr- a message and it's like, wow, that was a grand slam. And then you're like, oh, next week's gotta uh-huh. be a grand slam too. You know, and it's this, this treadmill you get and, on. And you just can't do it. You right? can't hit a grand slam every time. <laughs> no, you're going to strike out sometimes <laughs> too. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I remember, uh, hearing, from a, a pastor who, um, you know, I think somebody that a lot of us would, would look up to. I'm not going to say say his name, but um, Rob Salvato. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but but uh, th- this guy, he preached at his church on a Wednesday night. On Thursday, he jumped on a plane, flew to Europe, um, which got him there on Friday. He landed Friday morning and did a whole um, day of teaching at a conference there. And then um, on Saturday morning, jumped back on a plane and flew all the way back home just so he could be at church on Sunday morning. Yeah. And I remember the first time that, you know, when, when I heard that, I thought, you know, how heroic, you know, I mean, that was like my <laughs> mentality. That's how I thought back then, like, right. wow, you know, that's amazing. And I remember I, I tried that once where I was um, scheduled to fly back from Russia. And the problem with me is I cannot sleep on airplanes. So, yeah. you know, that 20 hour, 25 hour, 30 hour of travel, I'm going to be awake the whole time. But I was landing in San Diego on a Wednesday at um, like four o'clock in the afternoon. And I thought, perfect. I'll just, you know, grab something to eat. I'll go straight to church and I'll do the evening service that night, which I did. And I guarantee you, I preached some heresy that night because (laughs) I had no idea. I was so delirious. I had no idea. And I remember stepping away from that and going, 
that was so stupid. Right. Why did I do that when there are capable guys here who could have done a fantastic job yeah. of delivering? But but I had that sense of, well, this is what I'm just supposed to do, you right. know? And, um, and then if I can't be here, I've got to get, you know, some heavy hitter to come in and, you know, give the message and, and just do a great job for our body and it'll be a great blessing to our body. But I think that, um, you know, nine times out of 10 at our church now, if I'm going to miss a, a Sunday or even a Wednesday, I'm having one of our guys yeah. do it. And it's on a rare occasion that I'll have a guest come in and it's right. usually only a guest that I feel like has something really, really unique to say, right? you know, or if it's just somebody who's in because maybe we're having a conference and he's going to be a part of it. And it just right. makes sense to have him do Sunday because he was here on Saturday anyway, you right. know, type of a thing. Right. Um, but nine times out of 10, I'm having one of, you know, my guys um, do it. And um, yeah, yeah, just it, as you say that, I, I'm curious about the lead, the amount of lead time you give your guys to prepare. Because I remember when I was when I was an executive pastor, and my senior pastor, you know, would uh, he graciously basically gave me the option that mm. when he was going to be gone, he basically said, "You can either teach or you can get someone to fill it." And, you know, if I have a particular person in mind, I'll let you know, but otherwise you get the prerogative. You can either teach or you can get somebody to fill it. And, and I appreciated that because man, you know, it's not like my job stopped, right? you know, when he was going to be out of town. And so some weeks I could juggle some stuff around and I could put a message together, but some weeks I just had too much on my plate. There's no way I was going to be able to preach. And so having that luxury to be able to do that, but, um, and, you know, here at, at my own church, I take that, I've brought that into uh, the way I operate now, where mm -hmm. I recognize, you know, my guys on staff, um, they got they got work to do, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not like their work just stops. So as much as I would love for us in the way that I study, I don't know how you are. I, I admire these guys who have preaching calendars that they're a year out <laughs> right. and they can yeah, tell you what they're going to be teaching. Yeah. And I admire guys who have, you know, they've, they've got their study done like two weeks in advance yeah. or three weeks in advance. I have no idea how people do that. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, you know, I prepare my messages pr typically Monday, Tuesday yeah. um, for preaching the following Sunday. And so for me, I would love, like when we're teaching, you know, through, we just finished, the, we will this Sunday finish the book of Second Timothy. I would have loved when I had my guys step in for them to just pick up right where I left off. Mm -hmm. I think it sends such a wonderful message to the congregation right. that, you know, no, this isn't, this isn't the B team. Yeah. This is, this is one of the pastors who's going to be, that's how I introduce yeah. myself to the church. You know, Hey, if you're new here, I'm Ted, I'm one of the pastors, you right. know? So, um, and I would love to be able to do that, but I just know that, um, from my own experience, you know, I tell the guys, okay, look, if you want to pick it up where I left it off, you're welcome to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but chances are they're going to need more than, you know, five days to prepare the message Yeah. Uh, they're, because they're not preaching every week, right? Right. And so I, I since I'm not going to give them more than five days, you know, or, you know, theoretically, yeah. they could know by Sunday afternoon. Um, so that's seven and a half days of prep, right? Yeah. But, you know, I just give them the option say, you can pick up where I left off or you can do 
you know, yeah. something outside of that. So, you know, that's a great you? question. Yeah. What, what I'll do is this is, um, usually I will give them as far as a heads up that they're going to be teaching on this particular day. Um, I'll give them a heads up of anywhere from on the shortest end, it would be two weeks, but usually it's like a month. Um, sometimes even more. Um, but uh, when I'm having them share in in the realm of like we're in the Book of Acts right now, yeah. And so um, I was able to to say I know I'm going to be somewhere in this vicinity. Right. I don't know the exact verse I'm going <laughs> to end on, but it, I know it's going to be in chapter three. Right. And this is what I would like you to do. And if I'm if I'm wanting them to pick up where I left off, I do try to give them, you know, more of a lead time. Um, if, if I'm, if they're not going to pick up where I left off, I'll tell them this, what I want you to do rather than just doing something random is I want you, these are some things I'm going to be sharing on and I want you to drill down on one of these. So, you know, if I'm going to be talking on this, the subject, let's say, of repentance, and it's going to be one of my points, one of my four points, let's say, right. in the message this week, and they're going to be teaching next week, I'd say, so why don't you plan on doing like a topical, but in starting here in our, our passage in Acts, and just drill down oh, okay. on repentance, um, and I'll purposely you know, not cover it as in detail as, you know, the other four points, let's right. say. So, so I kind of approach it in, in that type of way. Um, I have found this, and, and I, it's a really great question you brought up, because I found, especially with youth guys, that they had a tendency to be really, really good if I just let them preach on whatever they wanted, right. you know, because they had their, you know, certain messages that they've done at a camp or they've done here or there that they just knew were home runs. Right. And, and every now and then, um, you know, I, I love to just have them, them do that. Like even, I'll even ask them like, you know, Hey, give me three things that maybe this coming year that you, you feel like would be great words for our, our body. And, um, sometimes I just love to take a break in the midst of, maybe a book that we're in just to say, Hey, I want you next week or two weeks from now to do that message that you had told right. me about on, on this. But most of the time I am wanting them to, you know, be where we're at. And what I found is this is a lot of them um, are still needing to grow yeah. in exposition. You know, they're great because even, especially like in youth and maybe sometimes in, you know, even if they're teaching expositionally, it might even be a little bit different or look a little bit different than how we would do it in the sense that they're just taking certain passages, maybe. Right. maybe. And so part of it, and I and I do this maybe more on a Wednesday night where, um, like, we're going to do First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians in the new year, and I've already laid out, because I know we're doing a chapter a week, and I've laid out who's going to teach which what chapter and I'm telling them now. Um, but I want them to teach the whole chapter because I want them to grow in, in their expositional yeah. teaching. So I'll approach it in, in both of those ways, but right. I try to give them, um, you know, a heads up, 
But I will also tell them this, you know, every now and then I'll say, hey, I just want you guys to always be ready um, where, you know, it's, if something comes up, you know, if I get sick or, right. you know, I, I can honestly say it's kind of amazing. I've only missed one Sunday in 26 years for being sick. Um, aside from like when I had hip surgery and yeah. had to miss, but actually I was sick. And Unforeseen. Not, and, yeah. yeah. But, and, and so I've told them, you know, I want you guys to always be ready that I can call on one of you guys. Yeah. But in that, I would just say, you know, just teach whatever God puts on your right. heart. I think that's so smart. I would do the same thing with my guys where I challenge them all. You have to have a message in your hip pocket. You got to have a message that yeah. you're ready to preach. Um, and, um, you know, because you don't know when right. when some emergency is going to come up, some crisis is going to come up. So having having you guys ready is, and your high school pastors are usually, you know, you can set your watch <laughs> by them having some sort of message because they're yeah. preaching every week yeah, too, you know. Yeah. Um, so so that's healthy and beneficial. But and and so, you know the idea too of I love your your talking about what you're doing with you guys for your your midweek, uh, and what you're doing in first and second. Thessalonians because in the new year, because you, you're able to say, Hey, it's a different type of teaching. Right. And I think that's so important because it's not just the fact that we're sharing our pulpit. It's not just how we're, you know, the psychology that gets us to that place. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also a, an important part of it is, is intentional development of your people. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you're mentioning is that, uh, there are different there are different types of studies yeah. that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you know, a midweek service or a Sunday service, they're both, you know, monologue kind of services, not dialogue kind yeah. of, <clears throat> but it's important to recognize that not every service is the same yeah. and, you know, how you approach that and that you have to think about that when you're preparing the study because right. it looks different and right. it's delivered differently. Yeah. Like for us, a Sunday morning is always more of a preaching moment. Right. I would call it more of a sermon. You know, it's going to have three or four points. Um, there's going to be sort of a theme. Right. Whereas our midweek, you know, we're committed on, on our Wednesday night study of going through the Bible. And so we're in the New Testament working our way through. And it's just, it's more of a teaching. Right. Less sermon, more teaching. Right. More, we're going to cover a large section of ground. We're not going to go super deep on anything. It's, you know, not, I wouldn't call it an overview, but it's definitely not in depth. Right. Where Sunday morning would be much more in depth. I mean, we're going teaching through the book of Acts right now, and it's very, very in depth. Um, but each message is a little bit more of a sermon. There's a preaching aspect to it. There's a recognition that there's unbelievers here, you know, and so we're going to bring the gospel, you know, into it every single time. Right. You know, figuring out where Jesus fits into this, you know, application and, and all of that. And so, yeah, it is. It's completely different. And, and that's part of the, the training. You right. Know, it's like I'm wanting them to be good at both. One of the things I've found um, in the early aspects of training, and even it, it, we don't even have to limit to early aspects, but one of the things we do in our home Bible studies is we we are and we're passionate about this. We're demanding about this. Um, we do not want our home Bible studies to be a monologue format. So mm -hmm. many guys, they get the opportunity right. to go there and they see it as their mini pulpit. <laughs> right, this exactly. is where I'm going to, I've got you captive and I'm going to be preaching at all of you. And, and, and we're like, no, you're not that yeah. this is a dialogue. 
but in in not only insisting that they run it in a dialogue format, but really training them to do that, it, it informs the way they ultimately preach, right? right? Because what happens is when when you learn to facilitate conversation, then if you're paying attention, what you start seeing is that part of that conversation are questions that are coming out, mm-hmm. right? And and what are you and I doing when we're putting together a sermon? We're anticipating what our questions going to be yeah, totally. that as we're going through this. And so to have that person go through that exercise in a home Bible study, it informs um, how they're going to approach uh, the, the, the homiletic uh, exercise of putting together a message because then they're asking the they're asking and answering the questions in right. a different format. Right. We're going to pause here for a minute and hear about Cultivate, a church planting initiative by CGN. The gospel is the hope of the world, and the world needs more gospel-centered churches. That's why Cultivate by CGN exists. I'm Clay Worrell, Executive Director of CGN, and I'm here with my friend, Pastor Nick Cady. We want to take a moment to let you know about the Cultivate Church Planter Training Program. Cultivate has created the infrastructure to support the planting of 1,000 new churches in the next decades, starting in 2023. We follow in the footsteps of renowned church planters in the Calvary Chapel movement, embracing and adopting their rich heritage of church planting in order to transmit our values, theology, and philosophy of ministry to this generation and for those to come. You know, as church planters ourselves, we understand that planting a church is not an easy task, but we believe it's an essential one. That's why we've created a range of resources to help you and your team prepare for the journey ahead. Our resources are personal, practical, and pastoral. Our program is from six to 24 months and is designed to equip you to lead a gospel-centered community wherever God has called you around the world. We also have a global team of mentors and coaches with thousands of hours of experience planting and pastoring churches, and they're ready to support you in the training phase, the launch phase, and in the post-launch phase of planting a church. With our guidance and support, you can feel confident in your ability to engage the world for Christ. Are you ready to answer the call of church planting? Together we can make a difference and bring the hope of the gospel to communities around the world. If you're ready to take the next step Steps and learn more about our church planting program, we invite you to visit our website at cultivatechurchplanting.com. Let me ask you this question. What are some things that you look for in someone that you're going to give an opportunity to fill your pulpit? Yeah. Um, you know, all the, the standard things. You, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's spiritually mature. I'm looking for somebody who is a student of the Bible, right? I'm looking for somebody who is uh, a good communicator. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I want to see, I want to see that they are faithful. Mm. Um, and, um, and so, you know, these, these are, you know, I want to, I want to see that, that they handle a trust with, with the word, you know, and that there have been, there's been involvement, um, in, um, in ministry as, you know, themselves being a student of the word. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that they're practicing what they preach, that they're, they're part of the community of believers that, that, um, that all of that is present. And then, you know, obviously there's some red flags, right. That set them (laughs) up. Um, I've got lots of red flags that I look for in that process. What are some red flags you look for? Well, before I answer that question, I I would say to, you know, one of the things I look for is, um, 
looking for guys that I can tell really have a heart for our body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just somebody who wants to talk. And, and even though they might be gifted at it, you right. know, um, they might really have something to say, but they're just looking for a platform. I'm looking for somebody who I see, yes, has something to say, right. but who really has a heart and a passion for our body. And it's seen in the way that they engage, right. you know, with our body and are connected, you know, connected themselves to, you know, our body. And, um, and I love for them to, you know, go into it with this mentality of, you know, it's not, okay, I, man, Rob asked me to preach and I, so I've got to come I've up with something say to something, say, right? but no, Rob asked me to preach and I've got something to say, right. you know? And so I'm looking for guys that if I'm having coffee with them or if I'm having, you know, uh, lunch with them, or if it's in a staff meeting or if I'm having a meeting and I'm listening, I'm going, this guy has something to say, right? You know, he's got something worthwhile to say and our body needs to hear him. Um, so those are things that, that I look for in guys that I'm, I'm considering, you know, have fill our, our pulpit. Um, some of the things I think are red flags obviously is, um, pride. Um, you know, you, uh, look for, um, you know, guys that just maybe are a little bit, um, you know, think too highly of themselves. Right. Um, you know, I've had, they like I've to had, hear themselves I, talk. Yeah, I've had guys literally tell me that they thought they were great preachers. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I kind of cringe. Um, I remember it's kind of a funny story, but um, <laughs> I was probably twenty three years old the first time Brian. Um, Broderson, when I served with him at Calvary Vista as a youth guy, he let me preach on a, on a Sunday morning. And I remember this so vividly that we were standing outside of the church. It was the, our old church. It was a smaller church um, than we're at now, but there was a little walkway that you walked up. Everybody came in the same entrance and we're standing out there after um, the following Sunday, you know, Brian was gone. I had preached and this lady walked up to him and just said, you know, oh, Rob did so great, you know, <laughs> last week, and it was so amazing. And Brian, you can go away anytime, you know, kind of <laughs> thing. And um, and he did not let me preach again for a year. Wow. But I think what it was is he saw something in me, in my reaction yeah. to what she was saying, mm. that it was, I really do, that it, because I, I, I think I was kind of eating it up, like, wow, you know? Right. And I think he saw that. I was like, oh, Rob's not ready. Yeah. For that, you know, <laughs> and um, so I, 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 I really a red flag for me is 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 pride. Yeah, um, that's a big one. You know, when I see somebody that just, you know, thinks they're a little bit better, you know, than they are. Um, also, I think the person who um, this is a big red flag for me is somebody that I think comes across very very idealistic. Um, where, you know, it just, everything kind of just flows to, or, you know, they look at ministry, they look at life and, and, uh, they have just such an idealistic and not a realistic, um, point of view. So what there's, what they're going to say is going to come across, right. um, you know, in a way of almost like, well, I've got it all together. And how many times have we seen, you know, young guys who maybe, don't even have a kid or they barely have a kid. Well, and they, they can tell you how to parent. They can kid, tell right? you how to parent. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they haven't been married, you know, more than a, a nickel. And they think that they, right. they, they want to teach the lesson on, on marriage. And, 
and stuff. So, you know, guys <laughs> that just to me come across too idealistic in right. their viewpoint of things um, are red flags for me. And even sometimes I would say, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll catch guys that have come out of Bible college and they've got all this knowledge, wealth of knowledge, right. you know, um, and, and they just are so eager to want to share. Right. Um, but it can come across too, too lofty, yeah. you know? And I think one of the things that I always appreciated about Pastor Chuck was he was a man who was so brilliant and who could really talk for hours about anything. But right. he purposely in his preaching aimed at the common man. Right. You know, and I think Jesus did that too. Right. Hey, absolutely. You know? Well, that's the highest compliment you could get is that somebody can come up, up to you and say, you helped me to understand the Bible. You helped me to understand the scripture. Like if somebody says that to me, I'm like, hey, that's brilliant. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, let me just say this real quick. Yeah. It's really funny. I had a lady, um, she was an educator, you know, yeah. in our church and, and she, she came up to me one Sunday and, and she said, you know, Pastor Rob, she goes, I just want to thank you. She goes, you have such a great way of making complicated things sound simple. And I responded, I said, you know what? I just have to dummy it down to where I understand it. <laughs> right. And that's yeah. what I'm basically sharing is like, right. you know. This the, is the way I understand it. Tell, I me, understand. Tell, tell me like I'm five. <laughs> yeah. Tell me like I wear a mask yeah. alone in the yeah, car and exactly. I drive. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned the, the compliment is people coming up. Oh, man, you did great. You know, uh, somebody once said this to me, and I think I agree with it, that, you know, you're the assistant pastor, the, you know, the, the, the staff pastor, they ought to do great yeah. because they've, they get weeks to prepare, sometimes months to prepare. <laughs> right. like you and I, if we had weeks and months to oh, prepare, yeah. right. I mean, you get it, you get a chance to really hone and work. And so, you know, um, so yeah, that, I, I think that's good. And, and that goes back to your question about, you know, why, why don't, why are guys reticent sometimes to do this? I think another one is insecurities. Yeah. You know, the guy's afraid of being shown up for me. Hey, you know, if, if one of if one of my guys gets up and preaches a message that, that is, that is brilliant, that's amazing, that's better than me, um, you know, praise God, mm -hmm. you know what, praise God. And, and, and part of that goes to the fact that, uh, you and I, we both have a heart for church planting right. and, you know, and so for me, I've resigned myself to the fact that, you know, a good number of my guys are, are destined to mm -hmm. be their own pastors in their own right. Right. They're going to be pastoring their own churches, yeah. some of them sooner than others, you yeah. know, and I, and I need to, I need to embrace that yep. and not put them down, not, not, you know, push them down. But I, but I really need to prepare them for that. So the more pulpit time I can give these guys to prepare for that, you know, the better it's going to be. And you, you can't be too generous with God because, mm -hmm. you know, hey, some of these guys, I, I cry about the day that, you know, they'll be launching out on their own yeah. because I can't imagine, you know, who could, who could I have who's better than them in yeah. the position that they're in. But God's already, you know, showed me that, that, you know, he's, you know, it's kind of like that that old comedian's line that you know, disciplining his kids. He's like, "I brought you into this world. I'll take you out, and I'll make another one that looks just like you. It doesn't matter to me." You know, um, and uh, and and I think you know, God puts these guys in position. He'll move them to yeah. their own ministry, and you know, and He'll provide behind them, and He's yeah. He's able to do all that. 
So I think that that's a, that's good. And it, it, you know, speaking about red flags, I just yeah. gotta yeah. You, we all can spot those guys a mile away who basically are like, you know, why don't you, you know, I had a guy once tell me, you know, that, hey, I love to preach and, you know, why don't you let me co-pastor with you? Why don't you let me co <laughs> And I could just see right through him. He just yeah. he just loved the spotlight and wanted right. it. And somebody who loves the spotlight, that's a really a bad, flag. yeah, it's a bad motivation to preach the word of God, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting too, what you said about, um, when they do a, a great job, how you rejoice in that. And I would just take that one step further. And I really try to, to do this every time is that I make a point the, the following week or whenever, you know, I get back in the pulpit to say, you know, didn't so-and-so do it. Right. Excellent job. You know, I listened, you know, to his message this week and, and man, it was outstanding, you know, and I thought just such a, you know, a, a great job. And I think that what that does is, um, you know, it communicates a couple of things. One, it communicates, you know, to the, the body, how much, how you're excited to be, how much you're excited about to be working with and, and be a part of a, a team, you know, with these other guys. But at the same time, it also communicates, it's not about me, mm -hmm. you know? And that was one of the things that, you know, I really, really, you know, just kind of grabbed a hold of, you know, about 10 years ago that I, I just want this to be so incredibly clear, right. you know, that this is not about me because people tend to put the pastor on the pedestal, right. you know? And so I just see the wonderful value in, in doing this, um, for the body, you right. know, I think the body gets blessed, um, by, you know, hearing different voices. Um, I think the body, um, is encouraged. Um, you know, I have, I actually have one of my guys that's teaching for me this coming Sunday, cause I'm going to be out of town and, um, and he's teaching on a topic that I've taught on, you know, several times before. And, um, and I said, I'm so excited for the body, you know, to hear some similar things but hear it from, from somebody else. From a different else. perspective, right. Yeah, and a different perspective. And, yeah. and sometimes, you know, what I'll do is, as I'm looking through maybe whatever book we're studying, and I'll see a, a passage, and I, and I literally have been thinking this way, you know, I think, I think this guy would actually do a better job than me mm. at, at, you know, teaching this particular section of Scripture. So I'm yeah. going to just, I'm just going to have him do it, you yeah. know? Because I know this is something he's passionate about. I know it's something that he's researched a lot about. I've heard him, you know, I've heard him talk about this, you know, before in just conversation. And it's like, man, he's got a lot to say yeah. about that. So right. why not? You know, so I don't know. This is something I was going to just mention too, that, um, you know, so I have guys teach for me when I'm gone. Um, for sure, guys in my body, in my on my team, or or sometimes it might be one of our elders who is not on staff, and I think that is really really beneficial too. You know that the body gets to see who the elders are. You know, and so I'll have um, some of those guys teach sometimes, um, but I'll often not often I will sometimes um, have guys teach even when I'm there. Yeah, I think that's healthy. Yeah, it is healthy. Right. You know. 
to do that. Um, we're doing a and Christ- make a point to sit in the front row and yeah. let your congregation see you, Take you know, notes taking and, notes. And, and, yep, yeah, yep. I think that's so good. Yeah, and um, you know, we're doing a, a series. We usually do this on Christmas. You know, we're doing a Christmas series, and um, we're doing a three-parter. And um, you know, I'm doing two of the the weeks because one of one of them's on Christmas Day, and mm-hmm. so I I bit the bullet said right. I'll be, I'll be the guy that preaches on Christmas Day because the other guys. You know they have younger kids, and um, but at a so we're doing a three week, and one guy's gonna do um, one of the weeks, but I will be there mm-hmm. that week, yeah, and um, to hear him. We're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. We did a we did a three, and I think this informs something else that that is helpful. Um, we will I will sit down with my pastors, and we will strategically put together series together. Um, I'll allow them to be part of the the you know, the, the processing and the thinking through of what is this series going to be? How are we going to present it? Um, and that's, you know, part of me developing them and it's part of us collectively together as the shepherds of the flock, um, you know, bringing different perspectives. We've, we, we, we've all got our fingers in the pulse of ministry, right? So we come together and we're doing that for Christmas. We got a three parts: so Christmas, New Year's, and then the week after New Year's. When it sounds like you're doing the same thing, and we're, so we're doing a special three-part series. Me and, and two other of my pastors, we yeah. approached it together. Just had a meeting yesterday to kind of confirm what we're talking about. Um, where each of us is taking a different part, and it's and you know it's a moving into the new year, right? You got Christmas, you've got New Year's, and yeah. then the week after. So, uh, so it's a uh, it's a mini exegetical study, but it's a, it's it's topical exegetical study, right? right? right. Um, and then, you know, doing that on other occasions throughout the year too, to yeah. where you'll say, and uh, you had mentioned this earlier, I can't remember if it was in, in this podcast, but you had mentioned about, um, you know, taking like a commercial break, calling an audible, yeah. right? In the yeah. middle of it, you're in the middle of a series and you, you know, maybe we're teaching through, you know, the book of Genesis right. and, and it's been, it's long. you know, yeah. it's been four months and we're still in Gen, and it's mm-hmm. like, we're going to call an audible yeah. and we're going to do, we're going to do a four week series yeah. here in the middle of this. Right? right. And so I'll do that with my guys and, and we'll put it all together. So yeah. it's like every week, one of us is teaching something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I heard Larry Osborne once uh, uh, say this, um, that when we're developing, um, he calls them eagles, right? We're yeah. developing people that have great potential. Right. Um, then we need to give them those those are opportunities which right. are like maybe even you know we're let's give them an Easter service mm-hmm. let's give them a Christmas service or whatever yeah. it is so we approach we come into we're doing an Advent series this year each guy's doing yeah. a different week um, we do a Holy Week series leading mm-hmm. up to Easter um, yeah. you know which includes a Good Friday service yeah one of my guys is teaching that Good Friday yeah. service you know and the same thing yeah. One year, a while back, um, this was so fun. We decided that within our youth ministries, um, that they were going to teach the exact same thing mm-hmm. that I was teaching um, in in the sanctuary. And, and and for the life of me, I can't remember what book it was. But every single week, we would get together, the three of us, and we invited our our worship pastor at the time, because he's also a really, really great teacher to, to be a part of that. So the four of us would go out and we would just talk about the passage, you right. know, and there were a couple of times where I was like, just listening to what God had put on 
you know, their heart. And I thought, you know what? You should just teach this. Thing. <laughs> right? That's really good. Yeah. You know? Right. And um, because I just felt like, you know, God really gave him something that I think not just the kids need to hear, but, you know, why don't you just bring the kids in and, and you know, just teach that to the whole, you know, congregation. And I just think it's so good. And it's interesting, you know, you bring up Larry Osborne because I know, you know, at that church, it's right in my backyard. Yeah. Um, you know, they've always had a... a uh, two to three guys that would rotate in their teaching right. um, schedule for as long as I can remember. And what was interesting is I looked at that and, and that was so foreign mm-hmm. because that's not what we do in our Calvary, you know, chapel movement. But I came to discover that is what like most of the church world does do. Right. Um, and, and it just got me, to think a little bit more about, you know, that's what it really got me thinking a little bit about this whole idea of, you know, team teaching, um, letting, you know, which is a whole nother subject, but, but, you know, the idea of being a little bit more um, open and even encouraging, you know, we've got some great guys here who have things to say, Let's give them an opportunity. Right. Let's give them a platform. It's beneficial, you know, to and, them. It's beneficial to the church. Right. And one of the ways that it's beneficial to the church is that, um, you know, for both you and I hold the title of senior pastor, and and you know that we've done episodes on this. The um, the burden of uh, cultivating vision. Yeah. Um, and, um, in order to be, you know, so many, so many guys get so busy working in the church that they don't have time to work on the church. Yeah. And for us being able to have the margin to work on the church, yeah. well, if we have a, if we have a robust teaching schedule and people that we can rotate in, that gives us sometimes, you know, you just need, you just need a, a, a week yeah. To work on the church. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it, it so being able to have guys that you can depend so on um, allows you to step back and maybe focus on, you know, some of the other areas, not just in a reactionary way, which then you know, let's be honest, if we're preaching every Sunday, then that kind of tends to be the default. We're reacting to everything. Right. Horrible way to lead. Yeah. You know? So so, so much better if we can if we can be a little bit proactive about it. And, and that's a, that's a wonderful way to do it. And I think that, um, you know, being able to do that puts you in a place where, you know, you're sitting right up front mm-hmm. or, you know, we've had some events where, you know, I put my guys in charge of the whole thing. Yeah. I make a point of coming, yeah. but I have nothing to do with all of the elements that are yeah. going on. And I, I find it, not only is it edifying for me, because it's isn't it so nice just to be able to come and be fed yeah. sometimes, yeah. you know? Well, it's funny that you say that. We right. we had a, um, a big concert this summer, yeah. um, and Dominic Bally came in and did a concert, and I purposely did that. I said, look, you are in charge of this event, and I'm, I'm not going to do, I'm going to be there. Right. Uh, I'm not doing anything. You know, this is your baby. You know, I want you to you know, lead it, do like, you know, what you want to do. And I remember him, you know, right before saying, you know, don't, don't you, don't you want to like do something? Right. You want to like pray? You want <laughs> right. to open up? I said, no, I just, I just want to be here. Right. You know? And it was funny because there were some people who had driven down from Orange County and uh, they wanted to hear Dominic Valley and they were sitting next to a couple in our church and um, they met them, and and then they were asking, so so this guy 
that's teaching. That's not the pastor. Who's the pastor? And they pointed at me and said, that's the pastor. And they said, and like, he's not doing anything, you know, tonight. Like they were, they were actually blessed by it because they were saying that is like, so not what we're used to seeing, you know, where I guess in their experience, the pastor always had to be the guy that was up front and always doing, you know, and they just thought that is so cool that he's just here, you know? And so I love, I love that too. And it gives you that opportunity that sometimes you don't have, because, you know, when you're teaching, you've got other things going on. Somebody wants to come up and, and, you know, you've got some divine appointment with somebody and yeah. inevitably you end up having to cut them off or whatever right. it is. And right. I don't know, it's just nice to be in a place. It's edifying for you personally to let, you know, to let your guys lead. And it's edifying for, for the body, for them, yeah. you know, just to be able to run the event. And, you know, and it is, I don't know, it might freak somebody, some people out, if you get your staff to a place to where it's like, I could, I could get hit by a bus. This church should be fine. (laughs) And maybe, you know, that's freak, freak out. Like, gosh, I want to be needed. But, um, you know, and the truth is, yeah, none of us is really needed. Well, 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 yeah, that's so true. It's not about us. (laughs) Right. It's not about us. And it's not even our church. It's, it's It's Jesus's church. And, And I can honestly say that, you know, early on when I first started doing this, because it was so foreign to, you know, our church. Um, it wasn't what they were used to. Um, you know, our church had two men who primarily did all the teaching, you know, between myself and Brian over the course of 23 years. Um, and so at first there were, were people who were like, you know, how come you're not teaching today? Or, you know, gosh, it's, you know, been a couple of weeks and, oh, we miss you or whatever, you know, type of a thing. And, and, uh, when they would ask me that, you know, how come you're not teaching today? Especially when I was there, I would just say, you know what? Um, there are more voices here in our body that our body needs to hear from than just me. And I'm excited to hear, you know, about what God's put on Aaron's heart today or what God's put on, you know, Jamie's heart or what God's put on Tyler's heart or, you know, whoever is going to be filling the pulpit. And I'll even sometimes um, preface it, you know, the week ahead of time by saying, hey, you know, next week is going to be awesome. Um, So-and-so's teaching and God's really put something on their heart, you know, for our our body. And our body has caught that now where I rarely ever get asked that question yeah. anymore of, oh, how come you're not teaching? Or, you know, gosh, it's been a few weeks. Um, it's like it's become a part of our culture and a part of our DNA. Yeah. Is, it, is it the same way here? It is. Um, and uh, such an enjoyable mm-hmm. fact to to see the body get it, like you mentioned, yeah. you know, that they, that they start looking forward to it, that you start getting the feedback from people about how the Lord has spoken to them mm-hmm. through those things. Obviously, you and I, we're both a fan of this, right? <laughs> we're, we're a fan of having our guys teach. We're a fan of developing them um, and, um, and see the overall benefit to the, to the body and to the individual, the growth and the development of the, of, uh, of the, the pastors, um, which is so important. Um, and um, final thoughts, Rob? You know, as I think about this, I, I would just say... Um, you know, I, w- I want to encourage guys to, you know, prayerfully consider um, this, uh, to be looking for whether it's, you know, guys on their staff, if they have guys who are on staff or guys who are maybe in, in their leadership 
who you just feel like have something to say, um, and and take that step of faith, you know, to be willing to do that and fight through the insecurity of you know um, thinking, oh, they're going to like them better than me, or or you know that 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 type of thing. I mean, you know, I I actually co-pastored um, for a series or definitely co-taught, but um, for about four years with a guy named Jason Duff, who I can honestly say there were a lot of people in our church that did like him better than me. <laughs> and sometimes I liked him better than me, you know? Yeah, Jason's would, a great teacher. Yeah, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal teacher. And uh, He's been, been a guest on our show. Yeah, very, very, very yeah. gifted. And, and uh, But the thing when you realize it's like, hey, this is God's church. Right. You know, and it's not... Um, you can rest in that. Right. And it's it's very, very freeing. And isn't so satisfying too when you see these guys that have been on staff with us and now now they're pastoring their own churches yeah. and and they're training, you know, their own guys. Yeah. And, and and I don't know, there's just an immense fulfillment in that because that's really what it's all about, yeah, right? Exactly. For two thousand years it's exactly. been that. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. And I and I know and I, I see, um, especially when you have younger guys that are mature and their hearts are in the right place, that they so appreciate that sense of trust and they get it. Like, you are entrusting me with a really important big deal and, you know, it's an honor. Yeah. And, and, they, and when they treat it like that, oh, man, it is just so beautiful and i think just really connects your heart with them and communicates you know the value and it communicates the sense of hey we're in this together this is not my thing and you work for me this is our thing and right. we're in this together and you know you have a voice you know you you have you know you can say some things better than i can and um, this is going to be really, really good for the overall health of right. our church. It's wonderful. Amen. Amen. Right Amen. on. Well, good, good talking about this subject. Yeah, absolutely. And as we wrap up this subject today, we just want to say once again that um, we really appreciate uh, you tuning in. And um, we would love for you to like um, and subscribe and reach out to us on Instagram. Let us know your thoughts. And if you have any questions or if there's a topic that you would like to hear us address on this podcast, you can reach out to us at leadershipcollectivepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipcollectivepodcast at gmail.com. And we look forward to bringing you some more episodes. Right on. See you guys. Thank you for listening. Our goal with this podcast is to help you lead well through all seasons and challenges of ministry life. So we'll see you next time on the Leadership Collective.